Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Red Sox Nation, the Illinois Charter Podcast. I'm your host, Tom O'Shea. Welcome back. Welcome back after two weeks of being gone. We're back. And I want to make a little bit clear here. Um, the reason why we kind of left for two weeks is because there wasn't really a lot of news to go over. I mean, there were some news, but I mean, not really like any free agent signings at all. If there were free agent signings, they were just little. I mean, just like minor league deals, but nothing really like major, like someone like Ch- Trevor Bauer coming here or George Springer or something like that, like a big free agent signing. It was more just like minor league deals. Um, Red Sox did, however, sign the first um, black female head or first black female coach to coach in the minor leagues. That's historic. Actually, sorry, we'll get on. We'll cover that too. Um, yeah, just some stuff too. Just small um, minor league moves and um, um, yeah, the first like historic like kind of brown, groundbreaking news for the Red Sox and the organization and baseball altogether. Yeah, yeah. Maybe just some shit talk too. Uh, either way, sorry about that. Sorry to say that, but at the same time, I mean, yeah. Just like, just, you know, watch out. Just, let's just blow away. All right. All right. So go over the news and there really isn't a lot to go over. So last time we talked. So here we are. One, well, there was one pre-season signing. Um, the Red Sox did sign on December the 23rd. They signed Matt Andreese. Uh, from the LA Angels to a one-year deal with a club option for 2022. So we do have another arm. I'm not really sure about him. Let's go over what he did last year. What he did last year for stats-wise. Because it wasn't really that great. Yeah. Oh, yeah, by the way, the Red Sox did end up losing on uh, uh, the Chicago. Or uh, on Sagano, the Japanese pitcher, the big time Japanese pitcher. By the way, he had decided not to sign with any MLB teams this year, so he decided to stay in Japan. So I feel like right now at this point, I feel like yeah, it, that's kind of the best decision for everybody, not to probably come over here. All right. So yes, twenty twenty. Here we go. He was two and four. Oh, not great. Two wins, four losses. Okay, a little bit below average. Um, a 4.50 ERA, not great, a little bit average. All right, let's see. Pitching 10 games. He did start one game, okay, so it was in the bullpen. So, if anything, he'll probably be a bullpen pitcher. Let's see how many strikeouts. He pitched 32 innings, gave up 21 hits, 17 runs. All 16 of those runs were earned. Or all, or 16 of those runs were, or 16 of those runs were earned. Okay, not great. Gave up five ding-dongs, as in home runs. Walked 11 people. Uh, struck out 33. And let's see. Yeah. All right. And his whip was a 1,000. All right. All right. So maybe a little bit of a mediocre pitcher, but usually he'll probably be in the bullpen. I don't know. Just 
a lot of free agent signings. Like, and that's kind of the same way for baseball this whole entire offseason so far. Nobody's signing anywhere. I mean, if it really, like, no big or big-name players are signing anywhere right now. So, and that's kind of the thing. It's just nothing's really happening right now. Well, hopefully, I mean, that's kind of been the thing in the past um, three or four uh, off-seasons this year. Nobody's signing. I mean, if they are signing, it's going to be late. Like, it's going to be, like, up until spring training. So, we might not even see any news until up to spring training. Yeah, it kind of stinks. It makes you just – we do – we are the interest kings in getting interest. Um, I did see that Jake Odorizzi and Corey, Corey Kluber – have been having serious interest uh, takes from the Red Sox. So maybe there might be something there. Might be something there. Yeah. All right. So let's get into uh, – well, actually, hold on. Let's get into uh, – and then we'll talk about – so the Red Sox did give a minor league deal to Daniel Gossage, a pitcher. So, yeah. So there might be something there, a minor league deal. So he possibly will be on the big league lo- roster, so to say. Let's start. Let's go over his stats. All these stats are from uh, uh, baseballreference.com, which is basically where we will get all of our stats from. Let's see what he did. So he hasn't. Oh wow, he really hasn't pitched a major league game in over two years. So last time he pitched was with the 2018 Oakland Athletics. 0 and three. A 518 uh, er or 518 ERA. Five games, five starts, all of them five starts, 24.1 innings, gave up 25 hits, surrendered 14 runs, all of them were earned, gave up five home runs, walked eight people, and struck out 12. All right. So not really great. All right. But that could have been like just, let's see what happens after this year. Maybe he might have fixed those things. Who knows? We'll just see. He might not even make the – uh, MLB roster. That's the thing. He might not make the MLB roster. And now let's talk about the news, the groundbreaking news. So finally, a franchise after being marred with stuff like being the last team to integrate, as in getting the last person to get an African-American player and kind of has some of its racist past in the past, has finally signed and hired the first black female coach to coach in the minor leagues. Uh, her name is Bianca Smith. Yeah, so pretty good. What I've been hearing, she's a really good uh, coach, what I've been hearing. So, like, this is kind of a big pickup, too, and a very um, um, monumental pickup, too, especially a team like the Red Sox, who has been, has his pass and has his dues with being the team, uh, being, like, not, like the last team to integrate and still having racist fans in the stands shouting slurs to some of the black outfielders and players. So hopefully this might be a step in the right direction. This might be good. And I've been hearing too that she really wants to be a manager down the road. So maybe Red Sox should think about maybe um, in the near future as a fan or as a managerial candidate, maybe make her a manager. So that would actually be pretty great. The first, it possibly the first female black manager in baseball. That actually might be pretty great. Yeah. And, and, and here's my take about it. I really, 
hope that it works out because you know what? At the same time, I kind of want to see someone other than a white, a white guy being manager. Just yeah. And we have moved on with um, signing, giving Alex Cora the first uh, minority manager a shot at being a manager of the Red Sox. He's the first mi- minority manager in Red Sox history, so that's pretty good. Step in the right direction. We're moving forward. Yeah. And at the same time, I really don't care what skin color you are, what gender you are, and whatever. If you can manage or play baseball and help the Red Sox win – I don't care what I don't care and about any of that. Just help us win a ball game. You know what? Here's the thing. I care about the content of your character more than the content or the skin color or gender of a person. So that's really great hire, very great way to get it done, Red Sox. Out of way. Congrats, Bianca Smith, for get, being named. A minor league coach in the Red Sox farm system. Very good. We're heading in the right direction. All right. So, yeah, not really any other Red Sox news to report. Yeah. So, amazingly, what I've been doing, and here's the thing. I won't end the show until, if we are going to end the show and, like, something like, the kind of, like, let you guys know the reason why we took two days or two weeks off because there wasn't really any news to talk about. Not really anything to talk about. It's kind of been like a kind of like a dead month or dead couple of weeks, somewhat. Yeah, the Red Sox did, uh, as I said, they have been in contact and been in serious talks with uh, getting uh, um, Jake Odorizzi and Corey Kluber pitching, and I wouldn't mind having those guys too. They have been really established starters and can actually pitch a game. And knowing the shit show that we had last year with our pitching staff. Signing these guys would actually be an upgrade. Signing these guys would would it guarantee us a World Series? No, I'm not really sure if it will. But you know what? It's a step in the right direction to the next one to number ten. Getting starters, getting starters, and stuff like that. And speaking of pitching, so the Red Sox uh, last yet or yesterday have decided to put Andrew Benintendi. Our famous outfield, one of the famous outfield trios of Mookie Betts, Jackie Bradley Jr., and him that won a World Series in 2018 with the Red Sox. They decided now to put him on the trading block for maybe pitching prospects. So they have been in serious talks with some teams about possibly trading him. So, I mean, at this rate, you can't take what him, JBJ, and Mookie brought to Boston in 2018. They basically were a force to be reckoned with in the outfield. And they're and the same thing too. The, he is a really great homegrown talent. I've been reading a book about, I've been reading Alex Spears' book uh, recently. That's the book I'm concentrating on right now called Homegrown, How the Red Sox Build a Championship from the Ground Up. Um, basically just talking about how they build the 2018 World Series championship team from basically just homegrown talent. Either using those guys or basically trading them off to get people like someone like a Chris Sale or up Steve Pierce or a Nathan Evaldi and those guys. Yeah. And some of some of the like three agents signing by doing that too. So, yeah. So I really like at the same time going from what, how Benettini has fared in the past couple of seasons, especially last season, maybe his time might be up in Boston. I don't know. 
At the same rate, I'm not going to report on anything. If it's just serious interest talks or anything, it's not going to be reported, especially on the Instagram and Twitter page, which, by the way, we got the Twitter page back, or at least decided to start a new one. Yeah, decided to start a new one. Hopefully, they don't shut this one down again. I'm not really sure why they keep shutting it down for some reason. We're not posting anything offensive. We're not posting anything political. No, we're just sticking to reporting Red Sox news whenever there is and telling you guys, hey, a new episode of the podcast is available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast from or Apple, Google. Yeah, wherever you get your podcast from. Go check it out. It's up and ready. Yeah, just letting you guys know. Just Or even like during games too, talking about like going like game updates and stuff like that when we're able to. Or posting the final scores of games. I don't know. I, I I really don't know why Twitter and all these social media platforms keep doing this. Well, I mean, it's mostly Twitter. It's mostly Twitter that's doing this. I don't know why they're doing this. Like, that's what I mean. We are not posting anything political or offensive or anything like that. Or anything like any. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This just beats me. It beats me. I don't understand. Yeah. Anyway. So, yeah, at the same time, it, when anything news, like if Ben Benetton gets traded or anything like, or Evo, or uh, um, Jake Jake Odorizzi or either Clo- or and or Clark Kluber sign with the Red Sox, we'll let you know. Because that's what I mean. Until these players actually get traded or decide to sign their names or years off with the Red Sox, it's not going to report it. Like, so, like, interest and just talks or trade talks are just not going to get reported news of that. No. 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 Because that, that it could never happen. Like, that could never happen. Or, like, saying, like, they may never happen kind of deal. Kind of deal. So, just at the same time, until it finally does happen, we're not reporting it. Yeah. Or not dropping it on either of the social media sites. Yeah. But we're letting you guys know here. So, so kind of be ready for maybe some moves happening. Hopefully in the next couple of weeks. Whoever, so the one move we are making in any other MLB team has decided, uh, the Japanese pitcher Saganu has decided not to sign, not just the Red Sox, but any other MLB team. So they decided to stay in, stay in Japan for this upcoming season. Guess who's going to Japan or playing in Asia this year? Remember former Red Sox prospect and possibly the face possible face of the franchise for the Red Sox. Yep, Cuban born or Cuban born player Rusty Castillo. He decided to hold on. Let's see what happened. Rusty Castillo. Rusty, because I did see that. Uh, yeah, I did see that last night. He did or Friday. He did sign with. Um, a Japanese team. All right. Let's see. Okay, that's in Spanish now. Okay, this is from 2018. <sighs> All right. Here. Uh, oh, come on. It's in Spanish. Jeez. Come on. All right, yeah, shut off. Shut up. I don't need you for a little bit. All right. Oh, let's go to Section 10. Speaking of which, Section 10's episode, especially the end of uh, the episode last week, this past week, has been pretty funny. 
especially when they were talking about Rick falling off uh, the green monster. Speaking of which, let's talk about Tattoo. It is amazing too. Since the since they added the uh, monster seats on the green monster in 2003 or 2002, I'm surprised no one has fallen off it. Like someone drunk. Like I know some of these ball games too. Like I've been to some of these ball games. There are some drunk people that go to these games and are going to get drunk. And I am surprised that no one has fallen off the green monster trying to catch a fall ball or something like that. I am surprised no one has died doing that. Oh, so they made a joke about, yeah, rest in peace, Rick, about someone like a pretend made up character, like a segment at the end of the show where like they kind of made fun of a, of, fake made-up character who uh, fell off the green monster and stuff like that. And like, remember Rick? Remember him? Oh, yeah, I remember him. <laughs> I remember old Rick. <laughs> I remember old Rick. Yep. Yep, he fell off the green monster and died. <laughs> that was funny. That that was actually a funny episode. Or at least a funny part of the end, yeah. Yeah, the interest Red Sox. Yeah, well, hold on, here we are. So he's basically signing his way to Japan or making his way to Japan. I'm not really sure how, but he has signed with a Japanese team in Japan. So best of luck to Ruzni Castillo. Best of luck to him. Yeah. yeah. Sorry that your time in Boston wasn't a success, but hopefully you can make it good in Japan. Best of luck. Represent us well. Yeah, so I haven't really been doing much. As I said, I've been reading that book, Homegrown, so far. Right now, we got the Ravens and Titans game on right now. Playoff weekend or football, playoff football weekend is on us. Yeah, I've been kind of over in some of these games. I mean, I am picking people right, but some of them have been just, they haven't really been covering their games, stuff like that. Like the Bills, I picked them to win, but they didn't really cover. Like they were supposed to win by like five or so, and then point one by three. Yeah, so that been reading that. I've been watching uh Ken Burns's baseball, which by the way, they have been uh talking a little bit about uh the Royal Rooters in the early days of the Red Sox. I'm on episode I just finished episode three just right just a few hours ago, or like an hour ago, or like a couple or 30 minutes ago. And uh they were talking about uh like in the second episode about the Royal Rooters, about basically the first uh, founding fathers of the Red Sox and how basically they were instrumental in winning the World Series for the Red Sox or in 1903, the Boston Americans in 1903 and 1912 for them. And just so instrumental, like there's a rowdy group basically made up of working class Irish Americans led by an Irish American, Nuff Sam McGreedy, because the re because the way he would end an argument in his bar was saying by enough said, and we come gone over this in like an episode too, especially when they talked about the closing down McGreevy's in Boston this past September or so. We talked about that too. How, yeah, that was kind of instrumental or like the original bar was named the Fur Bay Saloon and basically how that tied up with uh, McGreevy's bar in Boston, which they decided to close in September because of COVID. Yes. 2020, that's another reason why 2020 sucks. Which by the way, so my uh, rel- my uh, siblings and I have decided or have decided maybe if things go well, 
we might be making a return trip to uh, Massachusetts and New England and Boston this uh, summer or this coming summer. If things go well, yeah. So we might take a vacation in Cape Cod and maybe if they are allowing fans into Fenway Park um, next year, depending on how things go with this vaccine and stuff like that, or if they are playing baseball this May or so, May or June, we might go see a game at Fenway. And that might be my second game, second time going to Fenway and watching the game. The first time we did mention that they we went to, we saw the Giants play and they won. Hanley Ramirez went off and had like a free run home run or free free home run game. And basically, yeah, wielded the Red Sox to eleven nothing or eleven or eleven to seven win in twenty sixteen. And that was pretty neat. Yeah. July the twentieth. Never forget that day. My first ever Red Sox game. In Bleacher 41. <laughs> Basically, yeah, near like the center field, center field, left field, or center right field uh, area. Yeah. So, yeah, I have got like a documentary that they did, or documentary that the Red Sox did way back in uh, 07, 2006 about the Royal Rooters. I just pre ordered, so I'm going to wa- probably watch that too. Maybe another off season uh, watch. Baseball wise, I did get uh, some of these uh, bad mugs from uh, Dugout Mugs and uh, um, Lumberland. I know I'm not supposed to like talk about like companies like this without advertising for them first, but I I just come with this. I mean, these bad mugs are so good. They are so good. I just like them. I like them. Yeah, just so good. And you can get ones of Red Sox. Yeah neat but yeah but we're just gonna talk just yeah just say like how good some of these mugs are yeah i don't know maybe we can try stretches out there are some things i kind of want to go over too about uh some articles that the mlb has uh talked about like um single season all-star teams and um best red Sox by the numbers like jersey numbers but first we're gonna go to break then Go from there. All right, we are back. All right, to uh, end the show, we are going to talk about uh, go over a list that the um, MLB and the Red Sox have comprised of the best. Like one list is on um, the best singles or the all-time roster for single season players or single season seasons. Yeah, All right. and um. The best by the numbers by as in jersey numbers. So who has who's the best by a certain jersey number? So yeah, that the MLB has decided to uh they did this for everybody. Yeah, so it's pretty neat. It's kind of a depth look in-depth look of Red Sox history a little bit too. It's pretty neat. And baseball history too. Alright, so here we go. From courtesy of Ian Bar or Ian Bur- or Ian Brown of uh MLB or Red Sox beat writer for the MLB for MLB.com. Um, here's the Red Sox all-time single season team, as in who had the better single season record by position. Um, at catcher was Carlton Fisk, 1977. Um, he batted a three or batted 315, had a 402 OP or OBP, and a 520 or 21 slugging percentage, scored 106 runs, 26 homers. And batted in 102 RBIs. All right. 
Then first base, uh, Jimmy Collins, 1938, or not, not Jimmy Collins, sorry, Jimmy Fox, 1938, uh, batted four or 349, um, had a 462 uh, OPS, and uh, had a, a 704 slugging percentage, 50 home runs, which was the record until Big Poppy broke in 2006. Um, had 175 R- and has and batted 175 RBIs. All right. Second base, Dustin Pedroia, 2008, had a uh, 326 batting average, 356 uh, OP or uh, on base percentage. Yeah, on base percentage, had a 493 slugging percentage, scored 118 runs, uh, had 213 uh, hits, 54 doubles, 17 homers, uh, scored 83 RBIs, and stole 22 base or stole 20 bases. Which um, and he did win the MVP that year. So yeah, and that was the well actually the last Red Sox MVP winner until Boogie Betts in 2018, ten years later. All right. At shortstop, Ricky uh, or Rico Petrozelli, 1969, key stats, 297 uh, batting average, a 403 uh, on-base percentage, a 589 uh, slugging percentage, 40 homers, and 95 RBIs. Wade Boggs, 1987, at third base, at a 363 batting average, a 461 uh on base percentage, a 588 uh, slugging percentage, 24 homers, and 89 RBIs. At left field, Karga Stremski, 1967. Uh, key stats, 326 uh, home or 326 uh, uh, batting average, a 418 uh, on base percentage, a 622 slugging percentage, 44 homers, 120 and 121 RBIs, and he won Triple Crown that year. And that was the last person to do it for the Red Sox or anybody until 2012 with Miguel Cabrera and Tigers. All right, number uh, and at center field, Trish Speaker, 1912, uh, 383 batting average, a 464 on base percentage, a 567 slugging percentage, 222 hits, 53 doubles, and 52 stolen bases. Yeah, he doesn't really get talked a lot, too, because he was actually a racist. Yeah, he was not a great dude. Yep, Trish Speaker was not a great dude. Although he was one of the best center fielders in Red Sox history, maybe the best center fielder in Red Sox history, statistically, statistically. But maybe because he was kind of a not too great dude, he kind of gets a little bit canceled out. All right, right field, Mookie Betts, 2018, uh, 346 uh, batting average, a 400 or 438 on base percentage, a 642 slugging percentage, 32 homers, 82 or 80 RBIs, and 30 stolen bases. And he won the MVP that year. And was the last Red Sox to do that so far, but it's only been three years so far. So, yeah, nothing to really worry about. At designated hitter, David Ortiz. I mean, has to be. 2007, a 332 batting average, a 445 on-base percentage, and a 661 
slugging percentage, 35 RBIs, and 117 runs batted in. All right, pitcher Pedro Martinez, 2000. Oh, I thought it would be 1990, but okay. All right. So key stats, 18 and 6, a 174 ERA, 284 strikeouts, and a .74 whip. And he did win the Cy Young that year. I think that was back-to-back. Yeah, so basically the best, uh, basically the best uh, ERA plus of any MLB pitcher in the modern era since 1900. In an era when yeah, off season was erupting, Martinez's yeah, all right, yeah, I was not reading that article yet. Yeah. And then your relief pitcher um, is Dick Raddus, 1964, uh, 16 and nine, 157 innings. And a two hundred or two point twenty nine ERA, pretty good. Yeah. All right, so that's it. Single season. All right, let's go over the numbers, and we'll just write read these off real quick because bearing time and stuff like that. All right, and number zero, Brandon Phillips. Hmm. Okay, yeah. All right, number one, Bobby Dore. Okay, all right. Number two, Xander Bogarts. All right, all right. Number three, Jimmy Fox. Number four, uh, Joe Cronin. Number five, Noma. Nomar Garcia Parra. Yeah, I wouldn't debate. I wouldn't dispute that. Number six, Johnny Pesky. All right, I see you. Number seven, uh, Dom uh, Dima- or Don DiMaggio. Joe DiMaggio's younger brother, dirty younger brother. <laughs> number eight, Carlos Stremsky. Okay. I mean, number nine, Ted Williams. I mean, why? I mean, why would you not put? Why would you put anybody else in Ted Williams? I mean, he is the goat behind uh, David Ortiz. All right, number 10, uh, Lefty Grove. Number 11, Frank Malzone. Number 12, Pumsy Green. And if you don't know who Pumsy Green is, you have to look up your Red Sox history because he has a distinct, uh, distinct uh, reputation as being the last or being the first black player to be signed or drafted by the Red Sox. So, yeah. Which kind of is, like, significant to him because, yeah, knowing the Red Sox history with not getting black players and stuff like that, he he kind of does hold a unique distinction of that honor. All right. Number 13, uh, John or uh, John Valentin or John Valentin. Number 14, Jim Rice. Okay. Number 15, Dustin Bedroia, obviously. Number 16, Jim Lomborg. Jim Lomborg. Uh, number 17, Mel, Mel Parnell. Number 18, Johnny Damon. Why not? Number 19, Fred Lynn. Number 16, or number 20, Uke or Kevin Euclid. Awesome. All right. I don't dispute that. Number 21, Roger Clemens, the Rockets. Number 22, Rick Porcello. Okay. Number 23, Louis Tiant. I did read his book. That's pretty neat, pretty neat book. Uh, number 24, I do recommend you read it. Uh, number 25, uh, Dwight Evans. Uh, number 20, or number 24, Dwight Evans. All right, number 25, uh, Tony Canigliaro. Uh, the best that never was because he basically got hit by a pitch in the head. He would have been able to break someone like a Ted Williams record and stuff like that and be better than Ted Williams, but... And Aaron pitched to the head, basically just ruined that, and basically just wasn't the same after that. And just basically, yeah, the pride of Lynn, Massachusetts. Yeah. 
a best that never was. Yeah. All right, number 26, Wade Box. Can't dispute that. Number 27, Carlton Fisk, Pudge. Yep, awesome. Number 29, Keith Folk. Number 30, John Tudor. Number 31, John Lester. Lester, yeah, John Lester. Number 32, uh, Dick Lowe. Or De not Dick Lowe, Derek Lowe, sorry. Yeah, Derek Lowe. Why did I say Dick Lowe? I mean, I, yeah. Sorry, that's a bleep up, yeah. Number 33, the Captain Jason Ferritek. And number 34, why would you put anybody else other than this dude, David Ortiz, Big Poppy, Big Poppy? <laughs> My favorite player growing up. Yep. And probably the favorite player of everybody, everybody in my generation growing up. Yeah, Big Poppy, yeah. The reason why we uh, finally broke the curse, one of the reasons, one of the players that we finally finally broke the curse and won two more after that. And possibly he might have been instrumental in 2018 too as a spring training instructor, <clears throat> getting those guys ready to go and getting them trained. <clears throat> so he kind of did have a hand in 2018. All right, number 35, Ricky Henderson. I keep forgetting that he played with the Red Sox at one point. For one season, he did play with the Red Sox. <clears throat> number 36, D. Strange Gordon's uh, dad, Tom Gordon. <clears throat> number 37, Bill Lee. Number 38, Kurt Schilling. Hopefully he gets in the Hall of Fame this year, mainly just because of his stats-wise. <clears throat> number 39, Mike or Mike Greenwell. Number 40, Dave Henderson. Number 41, Chris Sale. Okay, I don't dispute that. Number 42, Mo Vaughn. Yep. Number 43, uh, Dennis Eckersley's old Eck. 44, uh, Orlando Cabrera. Number 45, who else? Pedro Martinez. Pedro, yep. Yeah, no disputing that. Number 46, Bob Stanley. Number 47, Bruce Hurst. Number... 48, Lee Smith. Number 50, or number uh, 49, the knuckleballer, uh, Tim Wakefield. And number 50, it's obviously Mookie Betts. And it is Mookie Betts. I mean, yeah, he's basically the best homegrown talent since Ted Williams. Why would you not put him at number 50? Or, at, or with as the best player wearing number 50. Number 51, Daniel Bard. He actually had a really great comeback season this year. One comeback player of the year for uh, the National League, I believe. Yeah. Very good. Number 52, Mike uh, Boddicker. Uh, yeah, okay. So, yeah, I'm not really speeding that because, yeah. Number 53, Rich Hill. And it looks like the Ravens are going to win this game. All right. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, not really that I really care. I feel like both teams kind of – yeah, I'm at this point – Going a little off track here. I mean, at this point, no Patriots. No, I'm not really interested in it, really, in, in anything. So, I mean, at this point, the Patriots aren't really in it. I'm kind of like, yeah, you know what? I mean, it'll be interesting. It's I'll look at the score and say, okay, all right. Yeah, I really think, think Kansas City's winning this thing. But at the same time, no Patriots. Yeah, you're, you've lost me. Yeah. All right, number 53, Rich Hill. I might have said this name, but... Number four, 54, Darnell McDonald. Interesting. Number 50, top 55, Christian Vasquez. Okay. I didn't know he wore. Okay. He wore his rookie year in 2014. Okay. 
He has worn number seven recently. All right. Makes sense. Number 56, Joe Kelly. Yep. The Joe Kelly Fight Club. 57, Eduardo Rodriguez. So he has worn this since, uh, yeah, so worn this so far. Number 58, Jonathan Papelbon. There's no, no dispute in that. 59, uh, Tommy Lane. My college coach actually coached him in a summer league one year. Yeah, so it was pretty neat. Yeah, so he kind of knows. Like when I say Tommy Lane, he was getting really excited. Yeah. Number 60, Daniel Nava. 61, uh, Clay Buckholz, and that was only for like 2004, I believe. He was number 11 later on. Number 62, John Lester. Man, we're going into the big numbers. 63, uh, Jinichi Tuzawa. 64, Dustin Pedroia. Oh. Yeah, so, okay. Okay. Yeah. So, we're naming people off twice. All right, 65, Yamankata, who later got traded to to the White Sox for Chris Sale. 66, Daniel Nava again. 67, Brandon Workman. 68, Matt Barnes. Number 70, Ryan Brazier. 71, Phillips Valdez. Okay, we're just naming people off. 72, oh, yeah, I did remember that, yeah, uh, Bogart said Warless number, okay. 73, to, or uh, Sue Wei Lin. Yeah. Number, 60, number 74, Mike Kickham. Okay, we're just naming people off of last year's team. All right, number 75, Cesar Palo, okay. Uh, 76, Hector Velasquez. 77, Pedro Siraco. Okay. Number 78, Justin Thomas. I don't know who that is. Um, 2012, okay, never mind. Okay, that's the reason why, because he was part of that awful 2012 team. Number 79, uh, uh, Robert uh, Stock. So last year's team, okay. 81, Lou, Lu or Lucifer. Wow. Okay. That's a weird last name. Okay. Hopefully that's not what I just said, but okay. All right. Um, number 82, Johnny Lazar. All right. Number 83, Eric Gagne. I keep forgetting that he was a Red Sox at one point back in 2007, but he wasn't really that much. Number 84, TJ Snow. Huh. He was a Red Sox at one point. Okay. Uh, number 85, Xi Hong Ling. All right. 89, Tanner Houck. Number 91, Alfredo Alves. Number 94, Dalver Hinjaya. And then number 99, finally, uh, Alex Verdugo. Okay. So, yeah, weird people, too. Yeah, especially at the end numbers. Like the, yeah. All right. Well, thank you for st staying tuned at that end of the show. For that, I really do appreciate it. Sorry, like we just got a little off track. I just wanted to find something a little bit different this do this episode instead of doing like like basically yeah um twenty minutes or so. I decided to have it longer since we weren't off for like basically uh two weeks. And I wanted to make clear if we were going to end the show or have like a final episode, we would let you know, and we would I've done something. Speaking of. Um, so it looks like last week or last two or this past Tuesday was the one year anniversary of when we released the intro episode. So to the show, so we've been basically doing this for a year. I think the first episode, official first episode, what is this Tuesday 
on the 12th. It's when we talked about uh, the whole cheating scandal or supposed cheating scandal with the Red Sox and the whole, like, how the Astros kind of, yeah, basically uh, were brought us into that, too, and how, like, we got put into that and how it was Boston versus everybody. Kind of So, yeah, so we've been doing the show for almost a year, for over a year now. That's pretty neat. Oh, look, it's Fernando Tatis Jr. of the Padres is on commercial. We're just watching TV right now while talking. Yeah. So, yeah, over a year. I never thought we would go over a year right now. Yeah. Especially when, especially around um, June or so where I decided, you know, I might just take some time off and then hopefully, um, uh, you know, maybe come back. And we did come back. When uh, opening day happened in uh, in July or so, late July or so, we did come back. We decided to do some uh, serious recaps. We will do some post-game recaps. Um, yeah, so we'll basically just go over uh, stats and stuff like that and like the play-by-play of the scoring play-by-play and maybe give our little bit of takes and stuff like that. But, yeah. Well, we have some time. We'll think about it. Yeah. We're not even sure if the season will start on time, depending on how, if they get these vaccines out to everybody and be ready in time for, yeah, fans, maybe, yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll see. At the same time, don't be surprised next week we don't record if we don't get any news. We're supposed to hear some news maybe this week, especially from Corey Kluber, if he might sign somewhere, or maybe Jake Oderizzi. But at the same time, don't be surprised if we don't record an episode um, one week or so. Yeah. It's not the mean that we're going to go away for good. It's just that there isn't really much to talk about. We did on uh, the le- the week after Thanksgiving try to do an episode where there wasn't any news, but and that was a bust, probably one of my worst episodes ever, or worst episodes ever and shortest episodes ever. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so – if we if we don't record an episode, I'm just telling you now, we're not going to go away forever. We're just taking some time off because there's really nothing to report. There really is nothing to talk about. Yeah, and that's kind of just been the off season this year. There isn't really anything to talk about so far, and it really stinks because this isn't good. This really isn't good not to talk about anything. But we got battle on. The show will go on. All right. Anything else? I think we're good. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for giving this opportunity to share and keep doing what I love. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple iTunes. Give us a five-star review if you can. All right. And then follow the show on Twitter. So we got the show back, or at least basically started a new uh, Twitter page. Same concept, but basically just a new handle and stuff like that. All right. So we'll get to it. All right, so follow the show on Twitter at at lowercase red underscore lowercase charter. We'll have that in the details of the episode, and then follow my personal Twitter page at junkyarddog underscore ninety two. We'll also have that in the details of the episode, and then follow the Instagram page at socks illinois. We'll have that in the details of the episodes as well, and then follow the show on Spotify, Apple, Google, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast. Radio Public, and Podbean. 
or wherever you get your podcast from. It doesn't matter to us. And with that being said, I believe that will about do it. All right. See you guys possibly next week or whenever. Banyana. Cut out a piece of me And now I bleed internally Left it without you Without you And it hurts for me to think About what life could possibly be like Without you Without you I can't believe that You would have believed that Fuck all of your reasons I lost my shit, you know I didn't mean it Now I see it, you run and repeat it And I can't take it back, so in the past is where we'll leave it So there you go, oh Can't make a wife out of a hoe, oh I'll never find a word to say I'm sorry But I'm scared to be a you cut out a piece of me and now I bleed internally left it without you, without you And it hurts for me to think about what life could possibly be like without you, without you Oh, 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 Without you, without you, oh, 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 Without you, without you, without you.